0: The Ziggler Show comes from the legacy of Zig Ziggler and brings together personal and professional growth, business success, and faith. Welcome, I'm Kevin Miller. In this episode, you must come first. And first doesn't mean most, but it is a relevant sequence. Here's a simple and easy analogy. Before a busy week of caring for your family, running them around everywhere, you fill up your car with gas. I bet you don't drive until you run completely out end up stranded with your family, and you don't then get out and push the car while you have you know a kid or somebody steer it for a few days, right, because you don't have any gas. You get gas before you're empty. You keep gas in it. Uh, you get gas you know every week or more. It's a consistent thing. You also change the oil, put washer fluid in, get new brakes and tires and more. What about yourself? And we often just don't treat ourselves with the wisdom and necessity of just a basic car. We run ourselves to empty and spend untold days, weeks, months, maybe years running on empty, slow and sluggish or hectic and frantic. And the people we care about are not getting our best. The efforts we're trying to go after, the achievements are not getting our best. It's inefficient. It's ineffective. And this is a cultural error. In this episode, I play a clip from Zig Ziglar, a short clip uh, where he talks about balance and having us look at where we are out of balance. And I then posted this question to the Ziglar audience. I said, right now, which area below uh, gets most of your focus and interest and which gets the least? And I listed the Ziglar wheel of life. You know, number one, health and wellness, two, relationships, three, mental, four, finances, five, spiritual, six, career, seven, personal. Tom Ziegler and I talked through the responses, and I think you'll be interested to hear where people said they were giving the most focus. And this wasn't where they thought they should be giving more or less focus, but where they actually are. And the punchline I've made obvious is the place people most cited giving the least. Focused to was themselves their own personal care so of course tom and i address this and focus in on it in this show it's such an important topic Uh, i'm going to share what else we have for you and some great products and services and then i'll play a one minute clip from zig ziglar and then tom and i will dive into your responses
1: You now need to check for balance. Now, what's the purpose of all of these? Every step is designed to let you mark off some of the things you've previously written down. Folks, as I said earlier, you can't successfully have 100 goals and work on them all at the same time. Check all of the things that are left for balance. Uh, physical, mental, spiritual, personal, family, career, social, and financial. You might uh, go down the list and ask yourself a question. If I reach every one of these goals, will I be happy, healthy, reasonably prosperous, secure, have friends, peace of mind, good family relationships, and hope in the future? Or do I have it skewed in one or two areas? Too much physical, too much financial, not enough social, not enough family or whatever. Ask yourself the question, do I have a balanced goals program?
0: Tom and our last show together, episode 824, we, of course, talked about the value of being specific and focused on a goal. You know, we can't do everything all, at the same time all the time. And then it, it was in the same message that Zig, that your dad gave on stage. And then he said, but, you know, they're not, but, but, and we also want a balanced goals program. And so taking from the Ziggler wheel of life, you know, and asking this question of what gets the most focus and interest and which gets the least. It was interesting because there were some people who answered and I just, I, by the way they answered, I could tell. And I said, well, wait a minute. Is that what you want it to be? You know, or is that what it really is? And they, oh, okay. Well, it, what it really is, is this. And as I look at it, the Ziegler Wheel of Life, I mean, I got to admit, where do I spend, give the least amount of my focus and attention? And it's for, it's, or, you know, for, as, as I listed it here, finances, it's fine. It's not that I don't care and I, you know, pay my bill. Actually, no, I don't. I do less of I, I do Well, some of it's because I delegated. I, I actually should take some of that back. Some of it's because I pay CPAs, bookkeepers to take care of it for me so I don't have to spend time. But regardless, it's still the area that I have the least interest in. In spending my time, I would rather spend it on personal time, on my career, on spiritual, on mental, on relationships, on health and wellness. I have no big desire, and I have to deal with that and figure out how do I manage my own you know dysfunction uh, or my my lack of attention you know in there. So that's what I was trying to get us to look at. Everybody look at is you know where are you giving the least attention? Why? What? Hey, how, you know, how do you feel about that? So when you do that, if you look at the the wheel of life, which one? in reality, if I looked at the past week, I should have asked it that way. If I looked at your life the past week, we had a videotape, an audit on your life. Where would we find that was a way better question. We should scrap this show and do it again. I got to ask that better. That is a great way to look at it though. You know, where would we find you did give the least attention and focus? Okay. So I'm going to put you on the spot, Tom Ziegler. Where would the video show you gave the least time and attention?
2: You know what? I'm probably going to say finances as well, um, but let me do a caveat for all of our balance, life, goal setting, okay. goal achieving. Uh, you know, we talk about short range goals, mid range goals, and long range goals. Uh, short range these days, it's really pretty quick. A lot of times, it's within like 30 days. Uh, mid range, it used to be like. Uh, a year was a mid-range goal. Now it's kind of moved up. It's like six months. And then longer than that, seems the speed of life is uh, over a year. And a financial goal, that is, uh, I call it two seasons. So there's the season of, man, I got to get intense. I got to get my budget. I got to get what I'm saving for. I've got to understand, you know, what my needs are going to be every month, every year. Do I have kids I got to plan for, for college? You know, what kind of income do we have in? And, And so it may be that for a week or two or a month, we're all in. It's like all day long, every day, it seems like, but if, you know, and Dave Ramsey talks about this, if if you've got the budget and every dollar has a name and you get in the rhythm and, you know, with your spouse, if you're on the same page, it could be just a quick meeting every week saying, where are we? Yeah. And then there's a whole nother level of people who literally either once a month or once a quarter they'll just put a little time block in to check in. Hey, you know, how am our accounts doing? How is this going? What is this? And so it may not, for some people, the reality is it's, it's not on their, you know, on their, it's on their dashboard. I'm looking at it, but from a time perspective,
0: it's not taking a lot of time because they've done the pre-work to set it up. Yeah, and that's fair, and that's why when I, you know, as soon as I say I spend less time on finances, I'm also spending my money for someone else to do, and that's probably that's a good way to. Well, if we look at these though, there's not a whole lot of these things you can delegate other than finances. As we look at the Ziggly wheel of life well, so far, I haven't go ahead.
2: Yeah, so here's delegate and abdicate. Okay, and and this right. is where people get in touch uh, in trouble financially they'll get a financial advisor and they'll just turn it all over to them and say, you take, yeah. What you've got to have is a, a financial advisor, a partner or somebody who says, Oh yeah, I can take care of it. But until you understand what we're doing and you know, the goals and you know what's going on, I don't want to work with you because we all have to take personal ownership and responsibility for every spoke on the wheel of life. And so what does that mean? It means that, hey, you make good decisions. You, you put your plan in place. You got your budget. You know where you're investing. You know where you're saving. And, you know, there's all kinds of ways to do it. Uh, but you own the outcome and you understand each piece of the way. Because if you don't, that's where you get in trouble. Yeah. And so abdicating and passing over the responsibility, I'm not about that. But I do like somebody I can trust who knows that they call me right away. Hey, we got to watch this. Things are changing, mm-hmm. and then, then hopefully I'm able to say, "Yeah, I noticed that. What do you think?"
0: <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I say I'll agree with you, though. I'll I'll say that in admitting that uh, you know, do I delegate or abnegate my finances? Uh huh. Uh huh. Both little of both there. And that's an admission, man. That's, a, that's an area that I've always struggled to give so, proper attention.
2: So let me ask you, if you abdicate or delegate, who do you? is it someone you trust that's taking it on? Yes. Okay. So my wife is amazing at this. Chachas is unbelievable at this. Uh, and so I got no fear. I mean, I know if, if there's any like status change, she's telling me right away. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of, I guess i the same with you, but the person who's doing it has as much owner, is, you know, as much ownership as me and I trust
0: her. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is kind of like the hometown guy. I mean, this is a guy I met at church 18 years ago, maybe he lives down the road. And if I ever have to drop something off, which i hardly ever do anymore because everything's electronic, but it used to be, I'd run by Dan's house and drop it off in a little milk carton in front of his door. So Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I do, I do trust them. Well, you know, on this note, interestingly, literally the very first post when I posted this was, uh, Kathy Bosley. She said, uh, that she gives the most attention to health and the least to finances. Actually, this apparently is my twin right here. Cause she says, uh, uh finances are my Achilles heel. My parents' example wasn't good, so that's the area in which I have I have to give the most effort. Uh, it's, I've come a long way, thanks to Dave Ramsey type information, but it's not natural for me. Fitness is way easier because I have a naturally fast metabolism, and I like to exercise. You know, it's interesting. She pulled out her parents there. When I say my parents were a bad example, I've never really thought of it that way. Though, man, my dad admittedly had you know finances. I think he was like me. He's going after the big objective and the endeavor. And now the finances to take care of himself and uh you know i got to see i was blessed to see his financial ups and downs the highs and the lows so i never yeah finances wasn't a a natural part of the the family i didn't come in that naturally and then you know i guess i took that and owned that for myself but yeah as she says uh health and wellness oh man i gotta watch out and not make that the priority i can go just you know exercise and play all day long and you know that's where i mean we're ultimately talking about awareness here where is our propensity what do we want to do about it and that's part of the question here because i think some people as we're going to get to you know ask me okay with that and they're like eh, yeah i'm good which i guess that to the point is is great you know what she said uh it just triggered
2: a thought uh one of my mentors is rabbi daniel Lappin, and, and and i heard him say one time that the old testament uh, what what Christians call the Old Testament, primarily has three subjects, and it's our relationship to God, it's our relationship to our spouse, hmm. and it's money. And he said, really, the Old Testament's about God, sex, and money. And he said, isn't it interesting that parents have a pretty hard time, in a lot of cases, really teaching their kids how to understand and how to navigate those things. Because, you know, how how many people have you ever heard say, you know what, you know, growing up, it was kind of weird. But boy, did my parents ever prepare me for God, sex and money? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. And it's almost like, it's like money is private and sex is uncomfortable. And, you know, come on, we're going to church, you know, do what I do. That's and that's, and that's kind of as far and as deep as we go into it. But I tell you what, if you get your relationship with God, your relationship with your spouse, and your relationship with money right at an early age, does life is life a little bit easier?
0: Yes, it is. It's a, a, there's a parenting show right there on how do you do that. Well, I'll think about that one, Tom. That may be, well, that is worth coming back to, uh, no doubt. Uh, Dakota here, he says... Uh, five is for, well, again, as I listed them here, spiritual is first for him, then finances and then personal is seven. And I said, you know, why seven personal, why do you come in last? And he says, the more spiritual I become right now, the more I'm seeing my faith work in my finances, which is leading me in my own personal growth. Not, not last more like a group of runners running together, each encouraging and pushing the others forward. So he was actually saying that those work in unison. Which is an interesting point too, you know. We it's kind of success begets success. That generally, if you're doing well in one area, it does help the other areas. It can, you know, I say that though, Tom, uh, and yet I know a lot of people are hearing it and they're like me, and I can also stick with my comfort zones. Maybe we were talking about finances. I don't. That's not my area of comfort or interest, so I don't go there. I go to health and well. all, All the others are more comfortable for me that one. And so it is looking, I mean, this goes back to the point of, you know, our habits showing the Ziggler wheel of life. Do you want a lump in your wheel? And I did that uh, for a lot of years that my, everything's good except that lump of finances and finally realized that wasn't serving people well, which is back to delegate a little abnegate, mainly delegate. Sean Langwell here, he says, he well he gives an order and he starts with you know spiritual he actually listed them all career relationships personal uh, finances mental and health and wellness and I said is that the order you want or is that just what it is he says uh, it's just what it is currently if I don't keep spirituality as a top priority I'm out of balance with it as the top priority there is time for everything else and those priorities shift. Depending on circumstances, desire, and seasons of life. And, and I actually asked him too, I, you know, I had a discussion on here. I said, How would you change it? He said, I would move relationships, health, and mental closer to the top. They too are integral for a balanced life. The irony is that they are all interdependent and dynamic, uh, non linear. Uh, you know, spirituality, I do want to point out this is the Ziegler Show. We attract, because of the foundation of of what we're about here, we do attract a more faith-based audience. So that's going to skew this. I probably have more people with a spiritual component as a primary piece, because I think if we just a random cross-section of you know Facebook or downtown New York, whatever, I don't think we would find spiritual at the top of many lists. I sure don't experience it at the top of many lists. I don't see it as a headline anywhere ever as a big priority value in our culture. And yet those of us who do make that a priority like Sean often cite that as man, if I can, if I can be right there, it's the one that helps all the others be right, which I know you would agree with Tom.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, he said they're all interdependent, um, and i and i use this illustration all the time on the show i talk about a tree's fruitfulness depends on its rootfulness and the roots of the tree are these seven areas right so the relationships we have our mental our spiritual our financial these are the roots and then the fruit of the tree well what do i want in the fruit of the tree well i one of the fruits that i want to have in my life is i want to have you know, a really tight family relationship. I want to be, I want to have friends. And so can I have the maximum relationship if spiritually I'm not sound? If physically I'm in such bad shape, I can barely breathe. (laughs) If mentally my attitude is just negative and bankrupt and nobody wants to be around me because I'm a sour grump. Okay. And so when we look at the fruit of what we want in life, it's almost always a combination of all of these, yeah. right? And so what we've got to be careful of is neglecting one until it starts bringing the other ones down. And I think it's interesting, um, you know, the timing of this podcast is, uh, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, RBG, passed away uh, just a few days ago. And, you know, what a legend, What is what, you know, somebody who had such an impact in so many different ways. And I was reading an article by a gentleman named Jim Dennison, and he said, you know, our culture says, hey, don't force your values on me. That's what our culture says. And yet uh, RBG lived her life forcing her values on all of us. And a lot of people are grateful for that, you know, the the you know equality of women and the ability to uh, do well in the workforce, you know, in the workplace and be treated to equal standards and all that. And then some of the other things are, you know, we won't go into here. But the, but the point is, is that the people who shy away from the spiritual, I think, in today's culture, a lot of times they don't even want to talk about it because they feel like it would be. Uh, forcing their values on someone else. Mm -hmm. And I just want you to know that that's, it's impossible not to. I mean, if somebody comes to you and says, Hey, you can't force your values on anybody. What have they just done? They've forced their values on you, right? Because their value is you don't force your values. And so if I have to abide by that, I've been forced on and so I just want to encourage people, you know, whatever your spiritual faith is or walk is, when we talk about the spiritual spoke of the wheel, we talk about in character and integrity and love and gentleness and kindness and, and truth and, and trust. And, and, of course, faith is a part of it. And all of these are our spiritual components. And every relationship, if it's meaningful, it has to have trust. And trust comes out of integrity. And so uh, so some people, they kind of shy away from that uh, s- the spiritual spoke because they get they get a little concerned. Wait a second. If I make a claim here, then that might impact somebody else in a way that I'm nervous of. And don't don't worry about that. You stand up for what you believe
0: sure.
2: and let your life be the example.
0: You are listening to The Ziegler Show and this episode on where we give most of our focus and where, of course, we give the least, which is getting obvious it's to ourselves. Next, we get into the forced values of social media and our strong desire to advocate things we want to associate with. Uh, We'll jump right back in after I share some great products and services with you it's an interesting topic tom forced values in in relation to spirituality because being on facebook which i I can't say i'm a huge facebook fan i do get value out of it that's where i get these q a's i post them actually post them on my personal page and we get such insight and You know, there are some people and I appreciate staying up with them uh, or keeping up with, you know, what's going on with them through social media. So I have some gratitude. I'm not just a basher of social media and Facebook and whatnot. Uh, That said, Facebook, if I look at the spirit of it by far and large, it used to be that they said, hey, when it's all said and done. Facebook is primarily a photo album. That's what its primary use was. Now, that was said a long time ago. Maybe that's still a primary thing today, but what I would say is it's mainly uh, a wall of forced values or at least shared opinions. And if it's not what you think about you know, politics, which is at a high right now, it's about your sports team or your food or whatever. It's where everybody likes to go and share the things. I mean, this is, this is Branding 101. Uh, share the things that they want to be associated with. Hey, here's who I am and I want to be associated with, I'm a Mac guy. And so if anybody posts something about an Apple computer or a Windows, I'm going to jump on there and go, oh, I saw this happen this week. Apple's the best. You know, and people just talking about, you know, Apple's the best. You can do that with cars. You can do that with, you know, food or beverages or, you know, in anything these days, there's, there's a, there's a, a competitor and people are so eager to talk about it. Matter of fact, uh, our friend, um, uh, Jessica Moyer, she posted who will probably listen to this. So Jessica, I'm talking about you. She posted a question. It was something to the effect of, I'm looking at choosing a new coffee. Any recommendations? I don't know that I've ever seen a more popular relative to other you know, posts she's done. But everybody wanted to talk about it, and I'm saying that, okay, and I'm not poking fun at it because guess who else responded? Me. I did. <laughs> and I actually did say that, though. I said, Matt Jessica, I'm really interested as to why this post is just killing it out there. I mean, it's like one of the most popular posts ever. And by the way, here's the coffee that I like. I mean, I did it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm suspect to all this stuff, too. But people love to share their opinions, the things that they want to be associated with, but yeah, Tom, when you get to that and not to take this off on this on the tangent of spirituality, it's the anomaly. it sits over here, and that's one you don't touch it it's 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 maybe the least touchworthy these days because people will do their they'll do their uh their their you know, their politics even but man since we're doing video now
2: and you're going to post these videos uh. This is my wife sent this to me last week. And <laughs> it, it has like for the listeners, That's it has a, two cats fighting and it says husband and wife at home. And then it has two cats doing a dance
0: and it says <laughs> on Facebook. It, it, it looks like yeah, the, on Facebook. It looks like the Titanic uh, <laughs> picture. Dude, that is so relevant. And I know, man, social media gets flack for, you know, all we do is showcase the highlight Real, But I mean, that's life. If I go into somebody's house back when they, before social media, and I looked at their photo books. Nobody had photos of, you know, the the checks they bounced at the bank. They didn't take a picture of that. They didn't take a picture of the kid on the ground scuffed up. They didn't take a picture of the heated argument with their spouse. You do put the nice stuff. But yeah, granted, it wasn't so prolific. And now that's all we see. And it makes it look, I mean, I do that. I didn't put I didn't put the argument I had with my wife two weeks ago on, on there. I showed the week later on a nice date. Uh, such is life in social media and forced values. All right, uh, John uh, Skipworth here. He says number. He says health and wellness uh, out of necessity. And the least is his career. And I said, and and so I wasn't sure. So I said, so are you making your health a priority, but it takes away from your career? He said, no, I'm having major health issues and it is uh, taking me away from my career, which yeah, again, you know, here we are with the premise of balance. And a lot of people these days will say, man, there's no, you know, balance is a myth. You can't do that. I mean, ultimately, overall, through the course of a, a week, a month, a year, we want some balance. But there are cycles. I mean, when you're in an acute place, obviously, you need affirmative action. So if he's having big health issues, yeah, I am I have grown to learn that, Tom, as I'm sure you do. are. There are times when we take, you know, we, we Rob Peter to pay Paul, as a paraphrase, but we do. We take away. It's a good reason to have margin. So when something acute happens, we can jump over here and take care of that. And we're sure not diminishing that. And I think to some places, I mean, you do that, Tom, right now. I mean, you're, you know, you're dealing with the books. So you're saying, okay, these things, and these blah, 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 these are going to take a back seat now. And I'm going to go out of balance for this time because you've got a book proposal to submit Well, you just did, or you're doing.
2: Got ex- Yeah. So I'm working on the book now. Yeah. So okay. I'm on a writing schedule. Yeah. And so that's taken up the first, you know, time block of the day for my first priority uh, just thinking about John, you know, uh, there's a, it's, it's interesting. We, until we really start to lose something, we don't know how valuable it is, right? We all know our health is important, but when we feel bad or have a crisis or whatever, then it's, I think it's hyper, hyper There was a commercial in the Dallas market of attorneys and they're divorce attorneys, and they specialize in representing the, you know, the men, the husband and, uh, their one of their commercials was hey you know you 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 spend 80 or 90 hours a week uh, in your business in your career and you achieve a high level of success and now as a consequence your your marriage is falling apart and unfortunately all the money you've earned won't get that back and but we're, you know, but we are here to help. We we want to help in whatever way we can to restore your family. And wow. to me, that is, that's the ultimate, you know, when we talk about balanced success, we've got to have intentionality in how we focus our time. And we've got to make sure that we're covering all the bases. Yeah. And it's normal. Like some, like you said, it's not, we can't be balanced. We can't be 10 out of 10 on all seven every day. Uh, but that's why when we, in the Ziegler Performance Planner, where we track, or this is a tool that you can track your goals and what you're doing. At the end of every day, you mark down, how did you do in certain areas? And if you keep leaving one area blank and it goes blank for more than a week, then that is like a flag, wait a second. If I don't put any fuel there, eventually it's, it's, gonna, be the, it's gonna be the hole in the boat that's going
0: to sink the boat. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. I've got to go do something about it. It's funny. My main accountability, Tom, is the reality that I do these shows and I have family members that listen to them. <laughs> so if I stand up here and espouse anything that's untrue, is going to come out at the dinner table, or they're going to call me out online somewhere. Yeah, that's he says that, but so I'm 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 forced to honesty, Doug. On it, um, Nicole Christine here. She says health and wellness receive a lot of attention, as does career, relationships, and she says I'm thinking more along the lines of dating, seeing as how I'm a single gal, and spiritual get the least uh and i said i ask are you okay with that right now and she says it depends on which day you ask me i'm very happy with my health and fitness and career uh, and she may be like in the fitness industry, uh, if I recall, kind of like Jessica, but she says my relationships with family and friends are great. And I make time for those with COVID. I really don't have a desire for dating and developing those relationships at the moment. I'm also working on placing a priority on daily spiritual practices and staying consistent with those, you know, there's 15 ways I could have, I could have asked questions around this because you know what she says, I, I'm trying, I'm working to place a priority on spiritual would be another interesting one to say, Hey, out of all the ones, which is the one that, you know, that, you know, you need to give more time to, or you feel you should, and, you know, kind of unpack that as well, because I think we all have guilt issues. I mean, ultimately, when we look at these deficits, I think that's the source of a lot of our guilt uh, is because of Expectations that others have on us, or that we have on ourselves for these areas, which I I like to dig into. Sometimes I'll find that somebody—it's freeing for somebody to go. You know what? I don't really—I'm not really interested in that one. I'm—you know—I'm doing fine where it's at, and I'm okay. But I think I should. You know, and should's a big issue there. It's a good way to look at it when we feel like—is it something you really want to do? You really want to own? You really want the benefit from? Or is it just you're suffering from that? Guilt. Uh, Yeah, we are. I didn't really think about that going into the show, but this is a great, uh, great uh, grounds here to look at where are the areas we feel guilty for the deficit deficits in our lives. I know you run across that with a lot of people a lot of times. Tom.
2: Yeah, and I would like to say this. uh, I think that's exactly where the focus should be. And, you know, there's a new illustration I'm working on. It's called the bridge to purpose and it's real simple you've got to have a clearly defined purpose you know what what is my purpose what's my why in life what are the things that I'm here for that I want to accomplish and then you do purpose producing activities every single day that get you closer to your purpose and so you know so many of I'm happily married for decades now so uh, for those who are single or looking for that, I, I was coaching a, a young guy and I said, he says, I want to, I haven't had a relationship in like 10 years. And he's got all this money and he's like, I'm in my mid thirties now. I got to get busy. You know, he started to think and he's, and, and I said, well, who do you want? And so he had a really sh- defined list and it was a very impressive list. And he, he said, I described the unicorn, didn't I? right like that person doesn't exist i said well maybe maybe not and and he said how do you catch a unicorn and i said well you you become a unicorn
0: hmm.
2: so so if you if so that's why i said focusing on the spiritual is such a great thing because if you're if you feel like part of your purpose in life is to have a family and to and to do that and to have that uh you know the the things that so many people desire, uh, then you can identify, okay, what would be the perfect mate for me? Yeah. Right. And so you define that and then you say, okay, so what kind of person would be attracted to that? If I wanted to attract that person, what would, what would, what would the spiritual qualities need to be in my life? And what a, what a powerful way, because when you start walking in that and start, and start doing that. And you start thinking of every area of your life. Okay. So if I was in business, how would I attract that type of a person in in my community, in my church or in the, you know, the nonprofits or who, with my friends, what kind of a person would I need to demonstrate day in and day out that would attract that type of person? Yeah. Boy, what a, what a great, and there is no downside to that because we should have super high standards for our mate yeah not necessarily that they're perfect or they're unreasonable uh, but when we have high standards what does that do for us it means we got to raise our game yeah right because if we have high standards for our mate that means that they've lived a life that says hey this is what i'm looking for
0: yeah hey on that I remember the day when you would joke if you met somebody and say, how'd you guys meet? Oh, it was online, you know, on a dating app or something like that. Man, I think those days are gone. I just attended about a month ago, a wedding of a dear friend of mine. And that's how they met. They met on using eHarmony, which is, I think these days is maybe one of the tops, if not the top it's, and it's a, it started off as a a Christian Foundation. I don't know that that still it is. I'm, I'm not real well versed in there as you. I've been married a long time since long before they existed. <laughs> uh, but uh, but they met there and talk about you know a, a unicorn. And this isn't a this isn't a promotion for that. But just a neat story to see the ways that people come together and they you know were able to go on there. I guess and list their values. Again, I've never been on the thing, but list their values and interests. Found each other and man, it was. I don't know. I don't know if it was a love at first sight. It was close. It was close. Just a sweet, sweet story. So sweet to sit there and see these two faithful people who found each other through this, you know, technology. Um, So, yeah, I'm never say never, man. Um, Elise Hohensee. She says that uh, she, no, she gave, so I gave seven areas, the Ziggly Wheel of Life. She added an eight and she said, unexpected homeschooling. That's what gets the most of her time. I guess we could put that in the relationships category. And now uh, seven personal is the least it's because of that. So here's COVID and everything that happened with school. We got a lot of people that ended up schooling their kids, either because they had to, or because looking at the options, it was just, you know, it, there were certain places where it wasn't acceptable to them. I read a, a thing recently by, uh, shoot, one of the big docs that's out there in the media right now, but he, he did a little piece on why they decided to homeschool their kids. But we got a lot of reluctant homeschoolers out there, and man, when you take that on, there are going to be some things that take the back seat, for sure. I and mean, that's kind of like back up to, uh, who was it, uh, John, talking about health. And we've had that happen. I mean, again, we're, we're still here in, as we record, September of 2020 amidst COVID, uh, a, a pandemic that is, I still don't know where it's going to go. And I, I couldn't tell you where it, is, be, where, where it is currently because it's different, not only state to state, but city to city. As I've traveled around here in Colorado recently, man, it is, you got one place that's militantly locked down and another place where, like where I live, where you would hardly notice anything different other than a few more people wearing masks. I was at farmer's market today. And for some reason, man, there wasn't a third of the people wearing masks. That would be an outcry in some other places. I don't know what's happening, but talk about out of balance. We may be at a time right now, Tom. Well, I don't know. What do you think? where, Where we've got a little, maybe more out of balance than ever, because of something that's affected our culture, maybe more than anything in any of our lifetimes.
2: You know, I agree. Uh, And it's really a weird thing. It's almost like people have spun to the outer edges of whatever their, their primary belief is. and And so I'll go to the contrary. I think there's more people now than there was six months ago, focused on what really matters.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. And, and so there's more intentionality, there's more meal times and family time and, you know, walks together and, you know, kind of getting away. And then I see the others, like you said, where it's like, like normal human beings in any other instant will just, will just go off on each other. Yeah. Uh, I was, I'm a, as, as you know, I'm a huge Seth Godin fan and one of his blogs Uh, this week, he talked about the school thing. He said this, he said, universities and local schools are in crisis with testing in disarray and distant learning ineffective. So what he's pointing out is that our schools were set up so that our kids would pass certain standardized tests, which would prove that they at least had a certain level of education, except for we know that that's not true we know that just because you can memorize something and pass a test doesn't mean that you've learned a skill that's going to help you be successful in life. Yeah. And then he, and then he asked this question, when can we talk about what school is for? And so for the, for the parents who are suddenly responsible for their kids, home schooling, I think a great, Uh, way to spend some energy is, hey, what is school for? One of my good friends, Scott Erickson, uh, you know, he talked about taking his son out of regular school for a year and they were going to travel the country and spend three weeks at a time in a different city and, you know, go to the library every day and just learn everything they could about the region. And then he would pop back into school. And I thought, now that's, you know what? I like that approach because what are parents for? What are schools for really to develop and, and create the foundation for, for adults who, who grow into adults who can be leaders in society and make good decisions?
0: Yeah. Yep. Hey, that was, that was Andy Andrews on the recent show. We talked again about the point is not to raise good kids, it's to raise good adults. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Exactly.
2: And so, you know, I we get we get frustrated with the technology. And, you know, how does an eight year old really sit in a Zoom or online? I mean, it's yeah, it's what is school for? Yeah. What is school for? And I think that's that's a big question that a lot of people are asking right now.
0: Good. It's a good question. I mean, I, you know, I was going to school in the 70s and the 80s, and my parents multiple times uh, took me out of school. We lived in different states. We'd be in one state, and they'd go, my gosh, you're going on a you know, trip for a month. He's going to learn so much. That's great. And then I remember we ended up in a state, living in a state, and they said, well, you can't do that. You've got to be here, whatever their rules are. And so my parents unenrolled me from school me out we did our trip and our adventure whatever because that was their feeling he's gonna learn a heck of a lot more out here in life than in school and then came back and, and re enrolled me so i grew up that way and yeah we've done so many different things with our kids over the years uh be realizing that you know school has its place for certain things i think the greatest things of their life and their education sure don't happen in there a number um, a number of years ago my cousin uh jim Ziegler, who
2: uh very, very successful. He actually taught um, at Harvard for a while. And this is when Alexandra, my daughter, was thinking about going to college. Um, and I said, well, what, what's the number one at Harvard? How do you know bec- whether a student's going to be successful in school or not? Like if there's any one thing that they could do yeah. that would ensure that they would be successful in whatever college they went to. And this is what he told me. He said, our students who come here, who at some point in their life have lived abroad or in another state for three to six months where they had to figure out how to do life on their own. They do great in school because he said the academics is not the problem. The problem is how do you handle life? Yeah. And so what what is school for? That's a great question. And so what are we preparing our kids for?
0: There was a, you know, Simon Sinek has, uh, who's the author of uh, the book, uh, Start With Why. We've had him on the show. It's been a while. He has a video, went very viral on millennials. He has one that I saw. I don't know if it came out yesterday and I didn't even get a chance. I was interrupted to see it all, but it was talking in essence about this, about how we got kids coming out and kind of going back to that aspect of they do not have personal relationship skills they do not know how to deep to deal with people how to have intimate real relationships they they know how to communicate with a zillion people on facebook and social media and instagram and snapchat and tiktok and whatever you know the whole long list but when it comes to face to face they are being able to do that less and less so yeah we could, that'd be another good show just on PR skills, soft, the, the soft skills, which I'm grateful to hear more and more people saying these aren't soft skills. These are necessary skills. Here's just a sweet testimonial um, that will inspire you, give you a little joy. I think Dennis Drell, he says, I'm finding it hard to choose amongst these folks. Probably a good thing, right? Having to choose I would say social is probably the lowest, but only because of the COVID limitations, not because of lack of intent. Spiritual and health are probably tied for the top and ironically for the same reason, COVID. Uh, the COVID political world of 2020 has been such a blessing in that it's given me purpose to dive deeper into my daily devotionals and work remotely. We, uh, we live up in the mountains, I run trails daily, I'm down 20 pounds, I'm doing a hundred miles plus a month of running and back to my pace from, the thirties. And he says, honest, and I ask him, so it sounds like everything's going pretty well overall. He says, honestly, 2020 has been a huge blessing. How many, how many people do we hear that from? I don't see that listed anywhere. I see the memes about, you know, if 2020 uh, was, a, was a this, it looked like this and it's something terrible. But he says it's a huge blessing, not because of good fortune, not because we have chosen to reprioritize, or, or but because, I'm sorry, we have chosen to reprioritize and have joy. Consider these things. We had a huge tree fall across our house. We lost the family dog. We had a major medical issue with a child requiring brain surgery. We supported a parent through a month-long out-of-town hospital stay. I had a bad ladder fall and back injury. By normal accounts, the year was fraught with disaster. But we truly are more joyful than ever because of how we have molded our values and priorities in prior years. God's grace and provision, to be sure. But honestly, sir, a number of guests and authors have really changed who I am. This could have easily been a very dark year. And I do want to point out That last or second to last sentence, a number of guests and authors have really changed who I am. This is, uh, what's that quote that guy said, you know, uh, Tom, something about how you can change where you are and who you are. Don't you know him? I've heard of that. Come on, give it to us. Some guy named Zig Ziglar
2: said you can change what you are and where you are by changing what goes in your mind. And you can change you are what you are and where you are because of what's gone in your mind. You can change who you are and what you are by changing what goes into your mind. Yeah. And I just, I'm typing in on, uh, on Dennis, uh, boy, he, he's living out James one, two, and three. Yeah. Which is, which I know because it's my life verse Consider it all joy my brethren. When you encounter various trials, knowing the testing of your faith produces endurance, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I heard a com or a a, a, a a podcast episode, and it's almost like when a trial comes, it should be like, "Oh boy, this is fantastic!" You call all your friends and you say, "Hey, guess what? <laughs> I got one. A trial came my way," and they should respond to you, "Oh wow, this is awesome! Can I have some of that trial?" <laughs> right? Because. If, if our mindset, if our belief, if our faith says that these things that we go through make us stronger, and there's always the Romans eight twenty eight 28 conclusion, all things work together for good. Yeah, then even in a difficult time, we can have the joy. And uh, yeah. you know what? It's easier to talk about that than live it. So way to go.
0: Yes, it is. It is. Tanya Lloyd here. This is a neat one, Tom. She says, career and business gets the most focus as I continue to develop and adapt. Uh, And it's been a huge, I've had a huge bonus after this lockdown. I'm so pleased that I've thrived and not survived. She cites spiritual uh, as the lowest. She says, I'm not particularly religious, but I love this show and how you talk about your passions. I'm up for exploring where I can go to meet others within my community, uh, which is in Manchester, UK, once the lockdown restrictions have eased. Uh, and I asked her, I said, so you're saying spiritual is your, is your least? I just wanted to, to, to be clear. And she says, yes, it is at present, but this is something I want to rectify and get more time for. What I appreciated about that, Tom, is just her being open. I mean, again, you talk about the culture and not to just be down on it, but we're not in a point right now. We're in a point of going back to what you said, forcing our you know, perspectives on other people as opposed to, I mean, don't you, don't you look at somebody with wisdom when they say, man, I hadn't thought about it that way or, or this, man, I think I've been wrong or I didn't know that or, hmm. I'm gonna consider that. I mean, I'm not gonna say that's my strongest suit, Tom. I want to be that person. That person to me sounds more learned, more wise, more open, more gracious, back to your you know, highest standards and the deepest grace. I want to be that person. I don't want to be close minded and man, we do not see examples of that shining in the media right now, but that's not the media's job. The media's job is to get attention and if it bleeds, it leads. So that is their job is to go out there and use negativity. It gets more, it's our fault as humans. We pay more attention to that. So we've got to go back to our, you know, good, uh, the information that we're putting in ourselves and being open to it. I, I want to be more of that open person. So. Here's my applause to Tanya. How's that? Fantastic. Yeah, it is. You know, we've got a lot, a lot here. And I I think we're getting the flavor of this. You know, the reason I put this in there, I mean, again, we started off with the clip from Zig talking about ultimately, even though we need to take times of focus and maybe some out of balance overall, we want to be in balance. If we do not have that, then we've got a thump in our wheel and it's going to put everything else off. I mean, I'm aware of that, you know, as a cyclist, man, you get a lump in that thing. You can't just keep going and over because over and uh, after a while, it's going to rattle everything enough that it's going to knock everything else out of true. Um, So we want to keep those in. How can we do those? Yeah, and this would be a great call to, again, to what you said, Tom. We want the highest uh, expectations, but the deepest grace. So if you're hearing this and feeling like, man, I know I've got some areas I need to work on, listen to Tom Ziegler. Have the deepest grace for yourself as you look at how can you address it. And hopefully it's finances because you can delegate that stuff. (laughs) <laughs> right. Uh, I, I haven't figured out i haven't had i saw a thing recently tom <laughs> i was gonna end but i gotta and it said man why can't we have it was a comedian it was somebody saying that like in in uh in baseball you can have uh uh you know a, a pinch hitter right you know have somebody come in relief or whatever i need one of those for my for my my marriage you know, say when she asks a question, go, wait, 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 hold on a second. Hey, you, you come in, step in your turn. <laughs> we we can't delegate that. Uh, but uh, great place for us to audit what's happening. But yeah, Tom, I don't know how many times I have spoken that or I have cited you and saying let's have the highest, highest uh, standards and the deepest grace. Thanks for teaching me that one. Yeah,
2: that's a. Uh... That's a hard one to live by. And you know what I always tell people is, as a business owner, as a dad, uh, as somebody in the community, when I set the highest standard for myself and everybody else, they like to rise up to it. Yeah. The team likes to, they get motivated. And then when people are people, and when we let ourselves down, we follow that up with the deepest grace, Yep. right? And we gotta remember that, hey, You know, we we, and I and I like what you said about uh, in your comment uh, back to uh, Tanya, where you said, hey, I'm a I'm a uh, I'm not really I'm not caught up in the trappings of Christianity. The way I say it is when somebody says, who are you? I would prefer to say, hey, I'm a Christ follower. Yeah. Right. Than a Christian. And so what we got to remember is as a believer, we're given this unbelievable grace. And we've got to extend that grace to ourselves and that's what we forget that is what we forget right it doesn't change the standard right
0: but it gives us that ability to restart and go for it yep i must renew my mind every morning that's the place where i need the most renewal is grace thank you brother always a gift Well, friends, such a strong testimony about how we put ourselves last to our own and everybody's detriment. And as I put in the title, I believe we need to really put ourselves first. This doesn't mean most. It may take an amount of time. Uh, I take time for myself in the morning and I may in the afternoon, maybe the evening as well, but make sure I'm filled up. And I think daily time is so important. But if not that, then every other day, once a week, Um, I I do even frequent getaways to fill up from being daddy, husband and worker and pouring out and you're going to decide what you need and what you want, but we've just got to tend to ourselves. Coming up in episode 827, ambitious and aligned with God. I mean, some people struggle with having ambition in the world and being devoted to God. Yet Deborah Smith Pigay she holds these both with peace and joy. In episode eight twenty five, we heard Deborah's profound story of having every right to be a victim and to be minimized, but instead she went out and from a difficult upbringing and being a Southern maid to being a VP of a Fortune five hundred company. This is my Habits Show coming up, and we get to hear firsthand the habits, routines, and values that give Deborah such a a rich and vibrant life and successful career. She is jointly full of laughter while just not pulling any punches. That's what you'll hear about what she believes and uh, what she struggles with and how she addresses it all in her daily life. I believe you're going to find yourself smiling and really convicted as you listen to the episode till then. Thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.